you'll open your Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, we're going to look at one verse. And the beginning of the message this morning is going to be a review. Um, Two weeks ago we we looked at some of this. We talked about it. um, But I want to take it a a little step further uh, this morning. And um, I trust it will be an encouragement to you. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38, we find these words. The first, um, the first six words, it says, Now the just shall live by faith. That's actually seven words. Now the just shall live by faith. That phrase is repeated four times in Scripture. In Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, the Bible says the just shall live by his faith. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, Brian read it this morning in Sunday school, it is said that just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11 and here in Hebrews 10 and verse, verse 38, the just shall live by faith. Um... Who is the just? Those are those who have put their faith and trust in Christ. It's those of us in this room who know the Lord as our Savior. We are depending upon Him to take care of our sins. He's already done so. uh, But because of our belief in Him, because of our faith in Him, then we have been... Uh, reconciled to God. We have a relationship with our God. We've been redeemed from our sins, so our sins are paid for, and we've been regenerated, which means we've been made anew. We have new life that we did not have prior to our redemption, prior to, prior to getting saved. So to be saved because of that, it's through the channel of faith that we receive salvation. Grace is what brings it to us. And our Savior is the one who provides the power necessary for us to have it. But that's getting salvation. That's exercising faith to be saved. But this says the just shall live by faith. So it's not just a matter of us having faith to be saved. It's a matter of us looking at our lives and living by faith. Paul talks about that on numerous occasions, the importance of, of, it's it's not just by faith that we're saved, but we live by faith as well. And, And so if we're exercising faith for salvation, which means we can't do anything to get it, it's all what God has done. If we live by faith, it means we can't do anything to live what, to become what God wants us to be either after salvation. It's all what God does in and through us. So, what is faith? We've talked about that. Uh, there are people who talk about if you have great faith, then you can accomplish great things. Well, faith may give you the confidence that those things can be accomplished, But the truth is, we don't accomplish anything. It's God who does it in and through us. We have faith, which means we see the possibilities 
But it's God who has the power. And we have to remember that. We do not have the ability to do anything in our own power. But now, Hebrews also, not only tells us that we should live by faith, but it gives us a very clear definition of what faith is. And it's found in verse number 1 of chapter 11. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's the Bible definition of faith. Now we can, we can talk about all different other things that may be true surrounding this idea of faith, but the definition of faith is stated as clearly and as plainly as it can be in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Those things that we hope for but can't see are only obtained or envisioned through faith. Now there's another, there's another aspect of faith that is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 that sometimes I think we overlook. Notice in verse number, verse number 5, it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, what was it about him that pleased God? It was his faith. It was faith that brought about his, transform, his translation. God's the one that did it, but it was his faith that made him be able to see it and understand it. And, uh, and then in verse 6, it goes right on to explain what he's talking about in verse number 5. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now that's a pretty, pretty dogmatic statement. I mean, that's an absolute statement. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For they that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now we talked last time, two weeks ago, also about the elements of faith. Three, three aspects of faith that line up with our heart. To begin with, there is the foundation of faith, which is to believe. How do we believe? Well, we, we find what the, the Word of God says about who our God is, and then we believe that's the foundation of faith. That's where it begins. If you don't, if you don't have that, then, then there is no faith. We talk about people that don't know the Lord, and they say, well, I just don't believe in God. Well, if they just don't believe in God, then you have no, no, no basis to talk to them. Because they have no foundation for the faith that they need to be able to know God. Faith, the foundation of faith, is to believe. That's where it all, where it all starts. The function of faith, this has to do with the way we live, the function of faith is to trust. Every day as we live our lives, we trust. And then the the fruit of faith is to receive or to experience what God chooses to do.
So, faith has no power to get you anything. Let me give you, give you an illustration that we can all understand about things that are going on right now. We had known for some time that we were, we were going to be gone last week, but we were going to be back down here this week. Well, the middle of this week, I had a question about whether or not I was going to be back down here or not because of the situation with the gas. And, uh, and I had to go find gas in North Carolina. And by the way, it's worse in North Carolina than it is here. In North Carolina, the stations, uh, by noon, they, they get the gas overnight. By noon, they, they don't have any gas. And so you got to get there early if you're going to get any. And I got there on Wednesday morning, and I was the last person that day to get gas at that station. I wasn't supposed to. They'd put a sign on the car in front of me that said, last car for gas. And I stayed in the line anyway. And, uh, and you know what? I stayed in the line by faith. Now, the faith didn't get me the gas, but staying in the line did, and, and the, the pump, you know, I put the, and, and they gave me gas. Well, I called Skip and asked him, so do we have any, you have any gas down there? Is it, you know, or is it in short supply? So I don't think it's a problem, we, you know, and he went around and looked, and then he called me back and, uh, and told me he had gas, that we, there was gas available down here. Then I got a text from him that said he had taken three five-gallon containers and filled them up with gas so that if I couldn't find any, I could get back. So I left yesterday afternoon to come back here by faith, believing that when I got here, I was going to get gas to go back. And, um, and I got it at Kroger. There, was a, there happened to be a, a truck in there, you know, unloading gas at the time. But, but the truth is, my faith didn't get me any gas. It was, it was the pump where the power was so that I could get gas. My faith doesn't get me anything from God. God is the one that is responsible for anything that I receive. Faith is the channel through which it comes. So that led me to think about faith again in in another way. Faith is not a means to an end. Now I've given you my definition of faith, what I believe faith is. Faith is not a, is not a, a spiritual currency that we use to get things from God. It is the filter through which we view every circumstance of life, whether good or bad. That's, that's all faith is. So, from the, the, the other perspective, faith is not an end to a means. I mean, a means to an end. It's not, it's not something we, we use to be able to get a, a specific result. But faith is instead a measure or a manifestation of our expectation. In other words, it's what we expect God to do in our lives. So, so when we choose to serve the Lord and we walk by faith or we live by faith, we do so without a clear understanding of what's going to happen 
or any certainty that it's going to turn out exactly the way we want it to, but we have an expectation. And our faith is a measurement or a manifestation of that expectation. Now, I want to, I want to illustrate it from a, a, an, another passage. But, but look down. Uh, let me say this, too. Um, we talk about believers or Christians or preachers. You ever hear somebody say, boy, so-and-so, I remember, I remember I got to hear him preach. He was a great preacher. You ever hear anybody say that? Talk about a great preacher? Or talk about great churches. Do you know there have been some great churches over the years, some great, great churches? Here's my question. What made them great? Was, was the, the preacher great because of his talent and his ability, his oratorical ability, because of the way he could speak and present things? People are not great because of their talents or their abilities. The talents and abilities are not theirs to begin with. God gave them to them. So they're not, they're not great because of their talents or abilities. They're not great because they are, are handsome people or beautiful people or attractive people. That doesn't make them great. They're not great because of what they possess. If they have a lot of money, that doesn't make them great. They're not great because of what they've achieved. Even if they've done big things, we talk about so-and-so was the greatest in this area, the greatest in this area. That doesn't make them great, especially not when we're talking about Christians. Churches are not great because of how big they are. Churches are not great because of how much talent they have, how much, how much they've achieved, how much money they have. None of those things are a, a scriptural measurement of the greatness of a church. So what is the measurement? It's their faith. If you look through Scripture, those who have been commended in Scripture by God are people who are commended for what? For their faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is is full of those who God says are worthy of commendation because of their faith. It was their faith that made them able to accomplish things. Their, and, it, and it wasn't their ability. It was their faith. So, we look down in Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to notice in verse number, well, verse number 23, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they uh, saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And then it talks about some things that Moses, that Moses did. All, all of it, by faith he did it. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing he who, him who was invisible. Uh, verse 28, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them, but then it changes in verse 29. Because in verse 29, it says, by faith they. So this isn't Moses now. This is the children of Israel. And it says, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, as saying to do, were drowned. 
Now that's talking about the children of Israel. They left, they left Egypt and they got backed in a corner. They were against the Red Sea in front of them and, uh, and mountains on either side. The Egyptian army was behind them. And, uh, and, and it was because of their faith that they were able to cross. But it wasn't their faith. The, the faith didn't have any power. When they, when they started to cross, God moved and, 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 and pushed the water back. And they went through on dry ground, and then they got to the other side, and the Egyptians said, well, if they can do it, we can do it too. And they took off, but they didn't have any faith. And, uh, and uh, they, they, they thought that they would be okay, but they took off, and God said, no, you don't, not, you don't, you know, you're, you're not, you're not qualified, you, you know. And so he, he let the waters go, and they drowned, all of them drowned. And then we come to verse number 30. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. It's a big gap, a big gap between verse 29 and verse 30. Because after the children of Israel got on the, on the other side of the Red Sea, what happened? They were supposed to go on into the Promised Land. They were, they were on the east side of the Jordan River. They were supposed to cross the Jordan River and, and get into the, the Promised Land. But something happened. You remember what happened? Yeah, a lack of faith. A lack of faith. They went, they, they sent the spies over into the promised land and they viewed it and they came back and they all said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They're giants there and they, they're powerful. Yes, the land flows with milk and honey. It's a beautiful land. It'd be wonderful to live there, but we can't take it. Well, no, they couldn't. There was no way they would be able to do it, even if they'd have chosen to go in anyway. Because they're not the ones who had the power to do it. God was the one that said, I'll, I'll, I'll drive them out. If you go in there, I'll drive them out. And they said, no, we, we, we can't do that. They, they, they looked at themselves instead of looking at their God. And their faith was, was gone. They got across the Red Sea, but they couldn't get across the Jordan River. You do realize that the Red Sea is a lot bigger and wider than the Jordan River? You would think after the experience at the Red, Red Sea, they would, it would have been a simple thing to cross the Jordan River. But it, it wasn't the Jordan River that created the problem. It was the size of the opposing armies in the Promised Land. And they chose not to go. And they stayed in the wilderness on the, on the east side of the Jordan River. They stayed in the wilderness there for 40 years until all of the men that refused to go, they died. But then in verse 30, it says, by faith, the walls of Jericho came, fell down. Well, by that time, they'd already crossed the Jordan River. And somewhere along the way, their faith was restored, and they chose to make, that, to make that step. So I want you to turn to Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 1. And verse number 1, 
It says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, verse number two, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now let me ask you a question. Was Moses the reason they didn't go into the promised land the first time? No, it wasn't. Mo- Moses was ready to go, and uh, but and and he would have he along with Joshua and Caleb would have would have. He would have led them into the promised land. It was everybody else that wasn't willing to go. But God says Moses is, is dead. And, but, but, but the death of Moses is not the issue. That's the point I'm making. It wasn't the death of Moses. It's the fact that Moses is not around anymore. So somebody else is leading you into the, the going to lead them into the promised land, and that's Joshua. And, uh, and so... Uh, come down to, to verse number 8. I want you to see something here. It's very interesting to me. You, you can quote verse number 8 with me. All of you know it by memory, I think, most of you. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now, you may say, well, what does that have to do with faith? It has everything in the world to do with faith. There are three parts to this verse. Notice what, what the Lord says to, to, Moses, I mean, to Joshua. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. What is that talking about? Well, remember the, the foundation of faith? is to believe. Where do we get our belief? From what we learn about God in this book. And so, so the Lord is saying to Joshua, you need to pay attention to what this book says. You need to put, spend time in this book and, and not just read it, but meditate therein. And, and think about it day and night. Let it be a part of what you think about all the time. Because it is what you learn from this book that is going to strengthen your belief. It's going to help you to know who God is and, 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 and the kind of power that he has and what he wants to do in your life. And so it's a matter of, of strengthening your belief. The foundation of faith is to believe. But then he doesn't stop there. He says... This book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That's the second part of faith, which is to trust. If you're going to do what God says, then that means you're going to trust him to do what he said. That's, and that's an important step. That's how we live by faith. And then, notice the end. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. That's the fruit of faith. That's the experience. That's the feelings. That's the, the, the culmination. That's the, the, the end of trusting God, is that God will do 
what he promised he would do. Now turn over to John chapter, uh, Joshua chapter 3. Everything else is, the, the, you have the story of the spies going in again, and, uh, and the, the, the spies that are lodged at Rahab's house, and all that takes place there. But now it's time for them to go into the promised land. And notice what Joshua says, verse number 3. Joshua rose early in the morning, and they moved from Shittim, and came to Jordan, and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet shall there be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for the mar- tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now what is, what is that? What is that whole statement there? Today we're here. But tomorrow, this is what's going to happen. What, is, what, is, what are they doing? What's, what's the point of all of that? It was a challenge to their faith. They were challenging their faith. Uh, the officers went in and, and talked to him, and then Joshua made a statement to him. Now, I want you to notice what, what they said, three things. The first thing is <clears throat> the officer said, you, all, all this is going to happen. You, you, there'll be a space between you and the and the ark. Verse four, about two thousand cubits by measure. Which, but come not near to it, that you may know the way which you must go. And then he says this: For you've not passed this way heretofore. Now somebody may argue and say, Well, wait a minute. They've been there before. The children of Israel were on the east side of the Jordan River, ready to cross the river before forty years earlier. They didn't go across. Why? Because they, their faith was not strong enough. And so the officers, through Joshua's command, are challenging the people concerning their faith. So, he says, you have not passed this way before. This isn't the same as the last time. You know, the last time we didn't go in. You have not been at this spot before. This is all different. It's going to be different, and the result's going to be different. Why is that? Because their faith is going to be different. He's challenging their faith. The, the contemplation, you know, you have not passed this way heretofore. Don't, don't look at this in light of what, you, what, you, what you've seen before. Now, the, the people, the guys that refused to go in, they're all dead, but... But there were other people who were there who saw what was going on, who are alive now, and they're looking at it and thinking, well, you know, this didn't work last time. And they're, they're saying, don't think about last time. This is different. It's different. You haven't been here before. You're going into uncharted territory, and you can trust the Lord. That's belief. That's the first part. Then notice what else he says. Verse number 5, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves. 
Now you have to understand that in the Old Testament, the idea of sanctification was a little different than it is in the New Testament. We, as believers in the New Testament, have no way to sanctify ourselves. Our sanctification comes the same way that our salvation came, which is through faith in Christ. He is the one that makes us clean, and he is the one that prepares us to sit in the presence of our Heavenly Father. But in the Old Testament, there, were, there was a process they had to go through. There were things that they had to do. You remember when, uh, when Joseph uh, was summoned to go meet Pharaoh. He was going into the presence of Pharaoh. He was in, in the prison. And they came and got him and said, Pharaoh wants to see you. And so what did Joseph do? He got up and he shaved and he cleaned up and he put on clean clothes and he, 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 he prepared himself to meet the Pharaoh. Now if Joseph had enough sense to do that before he met Pharaoh, then the Israelites ought to have enough sense to, to do that before they meet God. And so, so Joshua says, sanctify yourselves. In other words, prepare yourselves. It's, it's one thing to believe, it's another thing to trust. But to prepare yourself means to get your mind in a position that you're going to trust the Lord. You're going to trust what God's going to do. The next day, they were going to put their feet in the Jordan River. And they were going to have to, you know, either move forward or back out again. So, so sanctify yourselves, prepare yourselves, get ready and then the third thing that he said was found in the last part of verse number five. He says, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. The Lord was going to do something they had not seen. And in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that they not only crossed the Jordan River, but they walked around the Jordan River and did exactly what God said and trusted him, believed that God was going to do what he said, and then trusted him to do it. And the walls of Jericho fell down. That's, that's one of those battles that you, that you are astounded by. That the walls fell down and... Uh, and I don't know what was involved in the battle itself, but, uh, but it was over pretty quick. And God gave them that first victory because of their faith. They went in and they said, okay, this is what God said to do. We're going to believe that he can do what he said he would do. He said he would give us the victory. And we're going to trust him by obeying what he said to do, this book of the law shall not pass out of your, your mouth, but thou mayest observe, thou shalt meditate therein day and night, thou mayest observe to do. Believe what God said and then trust him to do what he said and then the fruit of faith is the walls fell down. The Jordan River opened up. They went across. The walls fell down. Now, I said earlier 
the reason that, that that's in Hebrews chapter 11, it's not because they did something really great. It wasn't because of their power. It wasn't because of their wisdom. It wasn't because of their, their strength or their wealth or any of those things. The reason they're listed there is because of their faith. What makes a Christian what God intends for them to be is their faith. What makes a church what God intends for them to be is their faith. And the thing that will make Trinity Baptist Church what it ought to be down the road is going to be their faith. The thing that's made us what we are now is our faith. I believe, I believe that Trinity Baptist Church is a great church. Not a big church, not a wealthy church. We haven't achieved a lot of things by the world standards. But 20 years with not a lot of people and not a lot of money, and, and not, I mean, a lot of talent, but not, not a lot of talent in the pulpit. God, I'm glad I didn't hear anybody say amen. That's, that's good, anyway, but God's done some, some great things. And the, and the reason that we're here after 20 years, still here, is, is our faith. We have functioned by faith. All these years. How can a church this size build a building like this? We can't. There's no way for us to do it. But God chose to do it through us. And, uh, and, and we've paid our bills. All, all of that. God has done it because we have walked, we have lived by faith. I am two more Sundays at the most, and then that'll be it. That's hard for me to imagine. That's, um, I mean, 20, for 20 years, I've been here every Sunday, and it's going to be strange. Um, talked to uh, Larry Cook, and he told me, he said, on that last day, when you drive out of the parking lot for the last time, that's going to be when it, when it really hits you. And I, and I believe that's going to be true. That's going to be tough. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be sitting in a church listening to somebody else preach every Sunday. And, um, uh, and hopefully the Lord will allow me to be a good church member. Um, by the way, a pastor is a church member too. But, um, and, and Brother Matt Olson will be here. And, uh, and I believe, just as sure as I'm standing here, that the Lord led in that process. The way things happen, um, we had ideas about something else, but the Lord changed all that and directed it to where he wanted it to be. And, and I am expecting the Lord on the other side to do wondrous things among people at Trinity Baptist Church. And I'm going to be thrilled to come back and see what God's doing. Uh, 
I don't, I don't believe, I think there, there are churches, there have been churches over the years that have been built on the personality of a man that when that man left, there were, there were huge numbers there while he was there, but then that man left and all the numbers went away and all that kind of stuff. Well, the numbers aren't going to go away because there aren't any here. The people that are here are people that are that are here because they want to be here, you know. But but I believe that God's going to use Matt Olson, and I believe he's going to do great things. And I'm excited about about the future. We haven't passed this way before. Um, when I came 20 years ago, we hadn't passed that way before. And uh, and the Lord, I think, has done great things at Trinity Baptist Church because of our faith. Not because of our ability or our talent or our wealth or our any of those things, but because of our faith. And uh, four times the Bible says the just shall live by faith. I think we need to heed that. And we need to understand that it's not our ability it's our trust in our God because we believe who he is and what he said he'd do, he's going to do. And we trust him and then we see the results. Faith is not a means to get something. It is the manifestation of our expectation. As we seek, and here's the other thing that I didn't mention, as we seek to please God. We don't, we don't, We don't exercise faith because doing so gets us something from God. It's because doing so is pleasing to God. It's not what he's going to give us. It's what we're doing to honor him and to please him. That's what faith is all about. And may God help us to live by faith. Let's stand together as bound eyes closed.